This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, science fiction. No, real science fiction. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So this week we're talking about real science fiction. Uh, Science fiction seems to get used a lot to describe what's really an action film. If you look at most of the Marvel universe, those are described as science fiction, but they're not. They're, they're superhero movies. And there's a little bit of science-y-ness in Iron Man, certainly. But once you get to Doctor Strange, you don't get to call that a science fiction movie. There's no science in any of that. I'm a stickler for words, especially when it comes to my science fiction. I want there to be some actual science behind it. You may or may not know this, but the first sci-fi novel was Somnium by Johannes Kepler a famous mathematician and astronomer who you really should go look up. He's got an amazing history. But he wrote a book about going to the moon in the 1600s, which is long before we knew how we would get to the moon. But he had observed the moon and the, 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 the motion of the planets and knew just enough about these things to extrapolate and say, where can we go with this? What would be interesting uh, about going to these places? How can I weave it into a tale that makes people want to read it? How do I make this science interesting? And that's what science fiction ultimately is. It's not about punching bad guys or blowing up Death Stars. It's about looking at the possibilities, both good and bad, from science. And a lot of science fiction these days drifts from that. I kind of want to pull this back into what is interesting about science and why science fiction does something about it. So buckle up, buckaroos. Ah, fuck it. Here's the show. Welcome, listeners. You just heard me doing the intro, but now you're hearing me doing the show. Intro. Hey! I'd like to introduce my friends, Brian and Chris. Hi, I'm Brian. Over here is Chris. Yeah, and you know that because you've been listening to this podcast for years, right? You know who we are. Years. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> or know. or we, at least we, at least episodes. Right. Eric has this hypothesis that people listen to podcasts years after they've come out, and <laughs> that's not how I personally listen to podcasts. I try to stay, you know, with the latest episode of things. So I think he and I just view podcasts totally differently yeah i the way i consume them it's like i find something neat i go oh i like this and i subscribe and then when i'm done with all the recent ones i go back and i listen to the earlier ones which is why i think we should probably start archiving some of those earlier shows because ooh, they're trash (laughs) (laughs) the ones before brian got here are, are like you know especially the first one where you just hear chris over my phone that's embarrassing man yeah but hey, we, we got picked up from the pilot and got series, so <laughs> nanner, nanner, boo, boo. 
Yeah, but it's just Netflix. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, so what you kids been up to this week or so? Stuff. I went to the. I was uh, traveling for work. Yeah. Where'd I went to the dentist and uh, found out that I have to have two crowns put in next week. Oh. Which is awesome. Oh, joy. Yeah. Sounds like first. a royal pain. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, dad jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should just move into the fresh shit. Okay. This shit is fresh. So, uh, Brian, sir, what you got that's fresh, y'all? Um, today I went and saw the documentary RBG about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, no, um, notorious a, RBG. Yes, yes, it did touch on the notorious part, but um, they're doing like a series of women's equality movies at the theater today, and and that was playing, and we wanted to see that, so went and saw that. Uh, you got to understand that the weekend we're recording this is the weekend after there was the Brett Kavanaugh uh, rape accusal hearing and before the FBI investigation has started. So, and let's, let's, watching RBG in that context is really weird. Let's let's yeah. hope that as people hear that, they go, "Who's Brett Kavanaugh?" And not, yeah, really. oh, you mean Justice Kavanaugh, the one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's been a rough week. I've retreated into. Uh, mindless entertainment to kind of salve my conscience yeah so i i mean i didn't i haven't really been educated on how she came up and some of the the legal strategies she had been using towards women's equality in the 70s so i think it was educational but the movie doesn't really do a good job of reassuring me she's not gonna die before <laughs> we get rid of trump <laughs> yeah yeah despite its best efforts they like show her working out in the gym but they also talk about how she's had cancer twice and how she still works till 4 a.m. And I'm like, stop doing that. Stop it. <laughs> or continue. She sounds like a badass. Shit. She's a badass. That's, but, that's more yeah. than I've done. That's for sure. Uh, we're, we're screwed. We're just screwed. Let's just, let's just <laughs> yeah, hang it up. We're, we're screwed. <laughs> Come okay. on. We're so, so screwed. Um, on a lighter note, uh, the other day we went and saw The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Christ, I learned that that was Eli Roth, and I lost my mind. Yes. I'm like, what the fuck Eli is Roth he doing? Made children's <laughs> horror movie. Yeah. Uh, didn't he? What was it? Cab, was it Cabin Fever? Was that the one he did where the... Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah, the, the, I think the Emerald Forest or the something like that. <laughs> yeah, that one. The one with the cannibalism. Yeah. yeah. Is there any of that in the this one, Brian? There is no, there is really not. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a better version of Goosebumps. That's what it looked Goosebumps like. Goosebumps was. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, they they play up the Harry Potter esque angles to it because there's magic, you know, wizards and warlocks and witches and stuff. That's where the cash is. Yeah. But um, I don't know. This movie is this movie is aimed at ten year olds. Okay, it's not really aimed at older kids or younger kids. And I bet you there's 10-year-olds who will, like, watch the shit out of this thing over and over if on DVD, if DVD was still a thing. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black plays a a toned-down version of Jack Black, um, but maybe not toned down enough. How does it rate to uh, Jumanji, his role in Jumanji? Oh, uh, night and day, they're totally different okay. things, okay. right? Like, Jumanji was, was sort of crazy antics right this was 
this was kind of a throwback. Um, it doesn't get as like nasty or or anything as something wicked this way comes, say, but you get the sense that they kind of want to go down that road okay. in terms of how they want to be perceived. But it's also produced by Amblin, so it's got this sort of Spielberg gloss on it. Um, it's a weird bird of a movie. It it also is set in the 50s, and so it's yet another movie about a baby boomer kid. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know how that plays with the youth of today. I remember we saw way too many movies about baby boomer kids. Yeah, and they all start kids. like, I remember when we went and saw Dead Body. It's like every single one of them starts that way. Yeah, there's literally an oval teen decoder ring moment in this thing. Uh, um, oh and the child actor isn't that good. How is it I've come to terms with the fact that I'm old and no one cares, but the people in charge of pop culture have not? How, how has that happened? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Isn't uh, in but, Kate, Kate Blanchett in this one as well? Well, and that's the reason to go. Kate Blanchett is just awesome the entire time. Okay. Like, anytime she's on the screen, it's a better movie. <laughs> um, well, that's that's pretty much just a rule, right? That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, she she just freaking owns in this thing. Uh, I was watching a better movie in my mind than I was actually watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hear me out. That's so, high praise indeed. And the, what the drugs are for. <laughs> the, I don't really care too much about spoilers. I'll I'll be I'll tiptoe around it a bit. The big bad is played by Kyle McLaughlin, yeah. who was a magician. Who the clock in the walls is supposed to turn back time to the point where there are no people, and he's trying to destroy all of humanity by going backwards in time. And he has this assistant who's some vague ethnic person I can't quite place, and. He wears glasses. Now, the kid is always wearing these goggles that are just stupid looking. And there's this ethnic girl who seems to know more than she's letting on in his school. And so I was convinced that there was a twist coming in this movie where it turns out the kid actually is Kyle MacLachlan's character and the girl was his assistant and Jack Black and Kate Blanchett would turn out to be the bad guys. And that's just not at all what happened. So there was no, there was no uh, Planet of the Apes ending? Damn you all yeah. to hell! So I'm I'm watching this thing. I'm waiting for this twist that I think is coming, and it just doesn't I come. It that. plays things very straight. I think we can blame Netflix for stuff like that because they've conditioned people for that twisty end for the yeah. series stuff now. And so when it doesn't happen, it's almost like a shock to the system. It's like, wait a it minute! Would actually, it would actually be laudable if he had done that, and there was a twist ending that you didn't see coming because you kept expecting that twist yeah. that would really be fun mm -hmm. but you know i you know eli roth i, I kind of okay. doubt it he he plays all the horror tropes the jump scares and the creepy dolls and the clowns and the demons and there's a <laughs> griffin plant that is also the source of the fucking scatological humor because of course mm -hmm. we have to have that wait so in everything kids so that literally movie. does sound like the goosebumps movie with jack black it's it is a lot like the goosebumps movie except just better okay in general um. Anyway, uh, that's my fresh shit. That's all I got. But yeah. so you enjoyed it, though. It was fine. <laughs> so that was a long pause. <laughs> okay, say no more. Say no more. I mean, <laughs> it's it's fall. The movies aren't as good as they were. Okay, earlier. Oh, it's the it's the doldrums. Year. I got you at all. Okay, it was. 
it was fine. It was <laughs> yeah, but it well, was, I was, it out was of, really great. No, no, no. It was really great. It was fine. Yeah. When I was out of town, my wife went and saw a Joan Jett documentary. She says that was badass, and I didn't mm. get to see that, so I don't have anything to say about it. But. <laughs> well, damn. Well, uh, I would just like you both to know that I did discover that uh, Hurricane Heist is now on Netflix, so oh. watch it at will. Everybody and, watch Hurricane Heist. Yeah, and it is still listen to the fabulous show we did on yeah, Hurricane yeah. Heist. It's like epi- episode like forty two, I think it was, where we review it. It is still uh, my top pick for most bonkers movie of the year. I'm yeah. serious. <laughs> yeah, it just <laughs> nothing will top it. Energetically crazy. <laughs> it's I mean, so amazing. It's what you wanted the Meg to be, but didn't get. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's literally what you want every movie to be. Uh, but is is not <laughs> Hurricane Heist. Yeah. Hurricane Heist. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there because I discovered that this weekend. Hated every time you guys sing that. Because you're thinking of some song that you didn't mention, but you said 38 Special during that. So I found a way to stitch 38 Special underneath that shit. Yeah. And every time and it you works. sing it, I'm like, no, no, it I don't want to do it. it works. You don't have to. Just insert gotta, the old one. I got to just, just record it someday. That's all. I got to yeah. put on my guitar and make the <laughs> we'll, fucker. We'll, we'll put it on. Wow. That's what I don't call music. Episode 47. <laughs> uh, wow. So, that's what I call terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no music. But as an antidote to to that, uh, I did also start watching the limited run series on Netflix, Maniac, with Emma Stone Ooh. and Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. How how is it? It is fucking amazing. I am like halfway. Really? I'm halfway through it. It is super bingey, but I've been pacing myself. That's high uh, And it's it's great. Uh, there's elements of like Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind, elements of Inception. Uh, they just get real metaphysical uh and it's a very stark uh depiction of mental illness as well huh and it's set in this sort of avoiding it because i I figured it was one of those things that was like crappy and netflix picked it up oh no no it is it is amazing uh it's got a little it a big push too yeah and it's you know kind of like uh, kind of a weird cloud atlas kind of vibe because it's a very disjointed narrative uh, and it takes a couple episodes to really kind of click into what's happening because they do mm. like the first episode is all about Jonah Hill and the second episode is all about Emma Stone and how they kind of meet up for this uh, pharmaceutical trial because they don't have any money and they, they go into the whole character background. And then it's like the the pharmaceuticals that they're testing for this big corporation basically sets them off into this weird dreamscape. Uh, but they're somehow connected through the dream, uh, whereas the rest of the subjects in the study are not. And so it sort of becomes this weird sort of uh, dreamscape adventure. It's just really super... Is this super- the one that does the debut of unexpectedly skinny Jonah Hill? Yes. Okay. Because that, uh, that was, like, off-putting when I saw those. I'm like, uh, ah, has he, he been, really, like, on meth? He really disappears into the role, so you, you don't really notice. You don't really care. Uh, and he's really good. Uh, but it's also the director's uh, Carrie was it Fukunaga? I can't remember his, the, how to pronounce yeah. it. But he's the, the the guy that's doing the next Bond movie. Uh, yeah, he did you, uh, oh. True Detective. Yeah, so you will be really, really, really pumped for the next Bond movie after watching Maniac. I guarantee. Yeah, you. I don't think I'm going now to. I be. have to watch it. 
I don't think I'm going to be. I Bond has has fucked me over too many times, especially that last one. (laughs) No, I I am not falling for this again. Yeah, (laughs) I was all pumped for Bond when it was Danny Boyle and his screenwriter, and now it's not. And it's the same guys who wrote the last couple. And no. Well, at least visually, it'll look pretty pretty cool. Uh, Visually, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, if it's only like ten episodes, this this show maniac could have said that about. Um, die another day. I go, ooh, check out the director on this one. Oh, but yeah. no, no, that guy sucked. Yeah. Um, okay, but uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting, kind of trippy, uh, and they really get it right as far as the the tone because it, it kind of bounces all over, but you still have the core of the the characters, and they're just really damaged, fucked up people, uh, just trying to find their way. It's uh, it's good. Huh. I highly recommend. Awesome. Well, and for my fresh shit, it's funny. I uh, uh, I just finished the second season of Ozark, and that's also got an actress who's in Maniac, uh, whose name I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's it's the sister. Okay. I got Her you. sister, she's in Ozark, and she's hardcore. I mean, she is a really great actress. That's if she doesn't end up like the biggest name in the world in a couple of years, there's no justice because she's really good. And we've already um, established there is no justice. So no, 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 no. We live in a Trump justice. world. Of course, there's no justice. <laughs> yeah. Fuck justice. Okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, Ozark, again, love this show. Everybody should watch this thing. It is so fucked up and crazy. Um, are you guys watching this it? This is the Jason Bateman show? Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. It's it's on the list. There's just way too much crap on the yeah. get to, to get to so it's sort of like yeah whenever yeah well, one sympathizes i mean yeah there's a lot of stuff but when you get around to it oh my god especially let me put it this way breaking bad was kind of fun in its almost pretend darkness <laughs> this is like ah it's uh, just dark just okay. dark and mean and wonderful and and, well, uh, and completely who, motivated. Who That's the thing. People go full bore, full, <laughs> just, 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 just full on evil who weren't evil before, and they back it up with reason, and it makes you, you know, sad and terrified. It's great. It's who just who great. would have thought that Jason Bateman would be like the voice of our generation when it all the dust settled? Right. Mm. Like, uh, once I saw I identify the mo- with his characters more than most others. Well, once once I saw the movie Bad Words, uh, I was. I was all in. I said, yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was hooked. <laughs> so, yeah. A very underrated film. I, 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 my, my wife just pointed out something to me that a friend showed her on uh, the Facebooks. And it's, a, it's cover art from something from the 80s that was shown to kids in school to get them to be abstinent. Uh, starring, and it's a picture of Jason Bateman. <laughs> starring Justine and Jason Bateman. Ooh, and I was ah. like, they got a brother and sister to do a thing? That's, maybe that's by design. Maybe that's to make me go, ooh, that killed my heart on. That's a brother and sister. But uh, Yeah, and it's, it's really funny because it's actually starring Justine Bateman with Jason because, of course, she was the bigger star. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, he used to have a sister that was a star. So... Mm-hmm. And she plays she plays the hooker that is uh, uh, uh that he almost hooks up with on uh 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 arrested development when he needs someone to play his sister. 
Uh, it is so meta because it's a sister. It's so fucking funny. Nice. Nice. Anyway, uh, the only other thing I got is I finished reading Fight Club and the, fo- the movie's better. I don't care. The movie is better. Yeah. The, I'm going to have to agree the with you on that is one. more motivated. Uh, Tyler Durden has a reason for being in the movie. In yeah. the book, he, he's always kind of been there. He only comes out because he likes Marla. And yeah, and and Marla and the support group end up on the building in the end to save the narrator. And I was like, the whole support group is that? What is this shit? So yeah, isn't there a? There's I, okay, wait. How many? How many? T- I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say the movie is better than the book before. This yeah. is this weird, is right? With me, yeah, no, it's very uh, true. Re- read the book, Brian, and then watch the movie again, and then yeah. uh, make make your own mind oh, up. Also, but I'm going to agree. Also, there's uh, a lot of um, empathy uh, for Tyler Durden, right? I mean, in the movie, it's really Tyler Durden shows up to fix this dummy who, you know, keeps bemoaning his life. The book, he's an actual psychotic killer, Tyler Durden. He, he, he doesn't run around and fake cut off people's balls. He's got a freezer full of people's balls. <laughs> he kills a guy at a uh, murder mystery dinner theater. And I'm like... Oh well, he's just an asshole. Then what am I reading this for? I was, I was, yeah, upset. Yeah. But what they did with the material was just better, just better. Yeah, agreed. And that's us talking about Fight Club. Fight Club. <laughs> What's the first rule of Fight Club? I can't remember. Um, I, I, um, it's gonna, it'll come to me. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. But you know what? I have, I have a weird feeling. We just fulfilled it. Plus the one after that. Oh, wait, I'm lost now. <laughs> no, I'm really not. But I okay. agree with you, Eric. Yes. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And somewhere along the way, we've played the fresh hit jingle, I hope. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> so, this week's episode is that old-time sci-fi. Because old, everybody old thinks as long as you have lasers in space... It's sci-fi, and that's not true. Give me that old-time sci-fiction. Give me that old-time sci-fiction. <laughs> Man, if you can make that, if you can, if you can get that into the show, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> or not? Uh, so yeah, this is me bitching about what isn't isn't sci-fi. Uh, well, what what are the actual uh, rules that we're working within? Just yeah. so the folks at home know. Uh, the okay, so these are the ones I came up all bill myself. Uh, Feel free to knock them down or add to them at will. Okay, so actual science is the kernel of the story. It has to have happened because of some MacGuffin that results from science. And okay. not, not make-believe science, but something actually going on. Uh, takes a scientific possibility and pushes it to its extreme. So not just, you know the science but what is happening to us as people or a society because of this technology that's probably on the horizon it takes issue with the world around it so it can't just be fluff it's actually saying something about us here now fantasy is not sci-fi because there's no science it gets confused a lot i don't know why lord of the rings it's fun there's no science well uh, in uh, thor he actually says what you would call magic on my world we call science your ancestors called it magic and you call it science 
Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing. Yeah, but then he tries to say that they have technology, but <laughs> yeah, that doesn't I make know. it sci-fi. You know, I know it was a it was a flat argument to begin with, but I just oh. thought I'd throw it out there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so monsters are only sci-fi if science made the monsters. So creature from the Black Lagoon, not sci-fi, unless you unless you want to go into how the creature you know came to be. Maybe it's so that maybe would, it's okay. biology. So maybe is, it's zoology. Is Godzilla sci-fi? Yeah, I would say on that definition, Godzilla is sci-fi, right? Godzilla is sci-fi, but it's not hard sci-fi. So yeah. there's a difference there too. Sci- science fiction is just fiction based on science. Hard science fiction means the science has to be for real. Somebody did some okay. investigating into what can actually happen. Gotcha. Uh, because mm. there's no way a nuclear bomb going off is going to create an enormous fire-breathing lizard, I hope. But yeah, <laughs> odds are against it. Okay. There's still time. There's yeah. still time. That, yeah. that uh, nuclear power plant, you know, Fukushima or whatever is, you know, yeah. right. it's leaking. Oh, oh yeah. That, I, I'm, I'm surprised, actually, they didn't work that into a sequel. But uh, the last one, oh, superheroes are only sci-fi if real, specific science and or technology made them super. So, so, like, so like Batman. Uh, yeah, or Iron Man. Okay. Um, but not Doctor Strange. No, no, no. Yeah, and, 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 that's and bullshit. Though I do think that's hilarious that they said, you know, this is the source code of the universe. Yeah, that's that's a great way to make it sound like this isn't bullshit. Yeah. But uh, I'm not listening to you anymore because you whitewashed a, a, a major character. Okay. Well, those thanks for the ground rules. Yeah, that that's kind of spread out. All right. Because I do so, want to add that uh, if you if you look up the definition of science fiction in say Merriam-Webster, uh, yeah. it is fiction dealing principally with the impact or of actual or imagined science on society or individuals or having a scientific factor as an essential orienting component. So that pretty much encapsulates what you just said. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. The only thing I wouldn't say is the idea of the make-believe science because make-believe science isn't science. I, I think that's cheating, personally. Yeah. Like the, the Spider-Man movies, especially Spider-Man 2 when he's talking to Doc Ock, and is uh i hate saying that and they're talking all sciency and what he's saying isn't anything and if you've just know some high school physics you know what they're saying isn't anything that's not science fiction yeah. <laughs> it's gobbledygook that's well you brought up you shit. brought up the the hard sci-fi versus soft science fiction mm-hmm. uh which is i think a fair distinction because uh, that was sort of the the first avenue that i pursued when i was looking into stuff for this Right. Uh, so hard sci-fi is, which say it's it's basically an emphasis on actual science. It's got scientific accuracy. Yeah. Uh, so it's and stuff that we're to, aware of. Yeah, I'll admit to a little bit of chauvinism, by the way, in thinking yeah. that hard science fiction is a little better, but yeah. not always. Yeah. How is well, that chauvinistic? Are you, are you making a I'm, hard I'm, reference here? Or I'm what? stating. Huh? Oh no, no, no! That wasn't an inside joke. I'm, I'm <laughs> stating like I have an actual preference, and yeah, uh, yeah it seems but. like it seems like soft sci-fi. Uh, it's more speculative. It's more concerned with you know society or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's something like I don't know what like Dune might be considered soft science fiction because they don't really delve into the actual science involved in this universe operating. Yeah, uh, that's they kind of just do. I, 
I really think of that as it not science fiction, frankly, right. because that's more right. of a fantasy. How, set on how does it planet. incorporate science? It's 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 a metaphor for for petroleum, but I don't I don't yeah, yeah. that doesn't seem like science fiction to me. That's just space fantasy. And then something like 1984 uh, is dystopian, but again, I don't think that's science fiction. Yeah. Uh, it's more like an allegory kind of alternate thing. history or yeah. something. Uh, so it gets a little little gray when you start looking at stuff that people have always said. Oh no, that's science fiction. Or if you go into a bookstore and that's boom, it's in the science fiction section. But yeah. it could possibly go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, I think the best def- the best definition I came up with was from uh, an author named Mark Glassy, and he basically says you don't know what science fiction is, uh, and but you know it when you see it. Hmm. So it's like pornography. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's you you, you kind of know what it is, uh, but you don't really know it till you're looking at it. So, All right. Uh, I think another definition somebody said was just, well, whatever you're pointing to, that's science fiction. I'm like, that's a fucking cop out. Whoever said yeah. that is a jackass. That's the same kind of person who says, art is all around us. Everything is art. <laughs> yeah. Go it's fuck a yourself. Found art ob- it's a found art object. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, what do you think is a, a great example of not science fiction, but it gets called science fiction? Okay, so this is the bad stuff, the the science fiction that's not science fiction. Yeah, the yeah, stuff that gets misconstrued. Be, it can even be a good movie. It's just it's not oh, yeah. science fiction. Well, I think All we right. have to to do the elephants in the in the room here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, My big one was going to be Star Trek. Yeah, and Star yeah. Wars. Uh, yeah, though, but, neither but, of those is science fiction. But I want to go after Trek because Trek is seen as the more sciencey, plausible one of those <laughs> yeah, but two. It, but it's and just the a bunch of it is. It's just a bunch of jargon that they throw in there to make it sound like it. Because this is mm-hmm. well, this is the Star Trek rule. How they kind of bring it in for the the plebes that are watching it in the the modern era, uh, and they do this in every episode or so where they do the historical references, and then they do. Uh, references that will all understand. They do like two or three, and then they yeah. throw in some just asinine, just out of the blue. Oh, this is future history stuff, uh, just I to al- show that they're. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, that's I like. Uh, know, I already know what clip to pull. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. I already know what clip to goddamn pull. So, I'm writing it down. Right, sir. Human rights, the Bible, the Code of Hammurabi, and of Justinian, Magna Carta, the Constitution of the United States. Fundamental declarations of the Martian colonies, the statutes of Alpha 3. Gentlemen, these documents all speak of rights. So the thing with Trek, right, they, first of all, when they would write the scripts, they would literally, the scriptwriters would just insert the word tech. And somebody else would write the babble, right? We need to tech the... I'm serious. Go look this up. Behind the scenes, they would just write, we need to tech the tech so that tech... In yeah. the script, and then like Michael Okuda would come in and insert some garbage. But they literally have by the by the time they get to Voyager, they're literally talking about interferons. Yeah, are messing with yeah. the sensors. Like they're not even trying anymore. Captain, I've got a pattern on the interferometric pulses. It's a lattice connecting all the ships to each other. All right, here's what we're going to do: turn those pulses right back on them. 
Tuvok. Lock phasers on their nearest ship. If we can destroy one of them, there's every chance the interferometric pulse that links them together will cause a chain reaction. Hey, it sounds science-y. Whatever. I don't think any television show really is science fiction that's trying to be science fiction because at the end of the day, it, it has to be... Um, done you know it's like you have an hour to be to wrap it up and move on i'm sure they're I, well, I, that's and that's that's really my a, other a example is a tv show but when we get to, to, to good science fiction i'll try and put that to the test yeah okay. I, I mean i like i said i think I, i'm wrong but it's really easy to go wrong uh star trek perfect example yeah uh and the same problem i think is dune where it, which is yeah it's in space but it's it's a melodrama yeah, well, that's just um, it. It's I think people automatically just sort of associate space with sci-fi, but no. Yeah, like I, I saw one example listed as gravity, but gravity's really just uh, like a thriller set in the upper atmosphere of Earth. Right, it's not really science fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Hmm. Because mm. it's actually trying to be like hard science. I mean, there's. Yeah. It's bullshit, but I mean, it's trying yeah. to be hard science. The the detonation of satellites can cause a, a shitstorm like that, but the I guess the story is yeah, it's a survival yeah. story, and she's trying to survive. The, I don't know, but see, but it gets weird because then you could look at something like The Martian, uh, which I do consider science fiction because it uses the the basic template of science we have now and then pushes it into the future a little bit and he's surviving based on techniques and things that uh would would be possible uh, okay i'm sorry I, I it's not okay uh, uh gravity is not science fiction because it breaks rule number one two three takes issue with the world that's being consumed in not the world in the story it's not telling us anything about our world that okay. we should change or be mm. wary of okay okay it, Thing. So, I mean, I thought we were trying to talk about <laughs> examples of things that get passed off as science fiction but aren't. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because so, I guess gravity. I guess gravity can fit that. But what else have we got, Eric? What I wanna, you have? And I want to actually point out this whole thing started for me in 1990 because Chris there uh, was in movie superstore where I was working and was like, why is star Wars in science fiction? It's not science fiction. And it blew my fucking mind <laughs> ever since that conversation. I was like, oh, Whoa, you're, you're goddamn right. Oh my shit. What? Ah. And I went through like the sci-fi section and I was like, his blade runner sci-fi fiction. I don't know. It's kind of an adventure movie, but it's also kind of, sci- I don't know. <laughs> Did you so, argue that point with uh, customers? Yeah. Uh, just when you were bored. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, buddy, come over here. Come over here for a second. Uh, why is Star Wars in sci-fi? Boom! <laughs> I can just see that conversation happening. Yeah. I can't believe Eric didn't get fired from that video store. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can totally believe that. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's because he it literally did. Yeah, he At literally point, did. It was actually, yeah, right before Christmas, I got fired, and, like, in the meeting a month or two before they were telling us something about how we had new directives on how to greet and you know say goodbye to customers and we had to be very good morning how is your day today or whatever and in the middle of the meeting i got up and begged them to fire me 
<laughs> please, please fire me. And it's like, I don't appreciate your attitude. Well, I don't appreciate your ruse. Your ruse. <laughs> <laughs> your cunning attempt to deceive me. Yeah, that's Eric to a T. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yes, science fiction. Uh, Sky-fi. Siafe fayafaya. So, by that rubric, then... Uh, because I see that something like Escape from New York always gets slapped into sci-fi, and yeah, I always want to put it in. I want to put it into uh, action, just because. Yeah, sure. I don't think you know, because it's in the future. It's sci-fi either. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it, all this stuff kind of mingles in. So when you start looking at it uh, more closely, and you have to start parsing it out slightly. Because uh, yeah. I just remember back in the the blockbuster days, like the science fiction section would just be enormous, and it'd be like mm-hmm. half the shit does not belong yeah. here. Okay, so, so you went, you kind of went there, and that got me thinking, does Total Recall count? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. I think, so, um, and here's my opinion, tell me what you think. Well, you brought it up, you tell us your opinion. Why am I, I being mean, a dick? If, if the if the recall technology were to exist, and I suppose colonization of Mars, there's a lot of things that seem like it would work, but, again, with rule number three, does it provide some sort of allegory or message uh, commenting on modern society maybe it does i well i think if you look at it it kind of co-mingles with what philip k dick did with blade runner where he's got that whole off colony thing because basically the world is just dead uh Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that but then they reverse it and they make the allegory on mars where there's no no air no water because the corporate greed is basically stifling it Mm. uh so maybe coming out of the the 80s uh, they were maybe making some sort of uh, unintentional statement about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could you could say that like you know, commodifying air is a commentary on on you know water right. rights or something. But I don't think that was intentional. No. I here's my thing. I think that uh, a Total Recall is science fiction. It's just bad science fiction because <laughs> the premise is all based on you know science. It does take issue with the world around it because. You know, between escapism and, you know, sort of corporate culture taking ownership over all of us. Uh, yeah. But it's bad science fiction because it's just treated as an action movie. Uh, I, mm. I I think, actually, it would have been science fiction if they had legitimately left us with the question of, was it all real or not? You know, there was that one beautiful moment in the middle with Sharon Stone and the guy from mm-hmm. Recall, and I was like, oh, we're in a sci-fi movie, and then it goes right back into being an action movie. The walls of reality will come crashing down. One minute, you'll be the savior of the rebel cause, and the next thing you know, you'll be Cohagen's bosom buddy. You'll even have fantasies about alien civilizations, as you requested, but in the end, back on Earth, you'll be lobotomized. <laughs> well... Well, by that measure, then, since it's Verhoeven, uh, would RoboCop count? Yeah, I think it does. Because yeah. it's—I think it's existing technology that they repurpose into, yeah, a, yeah. a, a vague wow. pseudo we're future. To, we're able to make a, an actual intellectual argument that RoboCop is good science fiction. Yeah, it's like good us. science fiction, and it's also yeah. good satire. Uh, and I will fight you to the death if you say otherwise. No, no I, I think, think right. I think the satire is what makes it uh, fulfill rule number three at taking issue with the world around it. Otherwise, yeah. it's just kind of horror porn. Yeah, you know, it's we own somebody, you know, just because um, we built a machine to keep them alive. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. The, okay, the remake 
Nah. Not so much. No, nope. that was awful. None of these remakes exist. The Total Recall yeah. remake doesn't exist. The Robocop remake—they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you? No. Are, what are you? I don't even know what you're talking about, Ryan. Exactly, because they yeah. don't did exist. You, did you say guys, something, guys? I hate to break it to you. It exists in this timeline where Donald Trump was elected president. It's oh, like we live in the worst timeline. Uh, yes. God damn it. Uh, have, have you ever read The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula Le Guin? No, I've been told no. to. I it is an, it's, about you. Yeah. It's it's amazing. But basically, the gist is that uh, there's a main character who slowly realizes that uh, what they dream alters the reality when they wake up, and oh. so it becomes this like stacked upon stack because they remember the dream and then they can compare it to what was real before, and they basically start losing their mind, and then uh-huh. it all becomes where people start wanting to control them because they have this ability. Uh, I wish something like that would happen here. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I, <laughs> that would be like a really crazy X Men kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I think we covered what's not science fiction. Uh, I, I I I I also like. Well, see, that's the thing. I was looking at what I picked for not science fiction. I realized it's just bad science fiction. Um, like what? avatar avatar is not really about anything it's got the same problem you mentioned before about interferons only yeah unobtainium was, yeah hard to find him yeah why we're here <laughs> unobtainium because this little gray rock sells for 20 million a kilo difficult to locate him you know just <laughs> yeah. not even trying yeah what the fuck him that's yeah. basically <laughs> And uh, and the story is uh, Dances with Wolves slash uh, Lawrence of Arabia. So the story doesn't Pocahontas. require any of the science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 just an action movie in space that's colorful. And I don't know. I disagree with anyone who says it's good. I've still never actually seen it. So it, for all I know, it's amazing. How did it make so much money? Uh, because they, they charged double for the 3d ticket. Yeah. It was, it was a big push for 3d and everybody lined up for the, yeah, but there's been a ton of big 3d movies since then and it still outgrossed them and I don't get it. Well, it's cause, uh, James Cameron is king of the world. Didn't you know that? Yeah. I think it was cause it was first. Yeah. He, He is, he is just like, what is, what is the word for someone where shit just does not stick to him? He is so lucky. He's like Teflon. Yeah, like that's that's that 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 uh Titanic was supposed to be a big disaster and was definitely not. Yeah. Uh, well, it does it does raise a good question cuz this is another uh sort of sidebar one, but I was sort of trying to suss out would would Terminator actually be considered a science fiction movie based on our criteria? Cuz it seems to me that it 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 sort of maybe pokes at a couple of these rules but i I think it i think it definitely still serves as a warning you know it's it's the isaac asimov hey don't build the robots warning and here we are you know building all this ai oh god that's wouldn't that be a great that oh that's a story i want to read i want and it's called Isaac Asimov says, hey, don't build the robots. And it would be basically Isaac Asimov running around going, cut that shit out. And and Honda's little robot is named Asimo. Named after Isaac Asimov. I'm like, 
Did you read it? Yeah. Because clearly you weren't supposed to build the fucking robot, Honda. Hello, Osimo. Hello, Mark. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too, Osimo. I am happy to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here in Washington, D.C. The all-new Osimo received a full model change. Oh, Jesus. sweet irony. Yeah, thy well, name. Tribute. Yeah, it's our yeah. it's our tribute. Much like uh, you know, when an Olympian dies and we have a pie eating contest to raise money to keep kids from playing sports. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 weird though because it it's sort of the the other bit would be how sort of real life gets inspiration from science fiction, which then becomes real life kind of thing. So it's like the Jules Verne effect. You know, he did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and he's basically invented nuclear submarines uh, decades before any of that technology exists. Yeah. And then decades later, we've got nuclear submarines, but it's like, are they? do we have nuclear submarines because of Jules Verne, or will we have had them anyway? It's a weird conundrum. We definitely have iPhones because of Star Trek, but that doesn't make it sci-fi. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Trekkers and Trekkies, man... Go listen to our Star Trek episode. Eric and I are with you people. It's just not science fiction. It's not science fiction. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and I thank you for excluding me uh, so openly, Brian. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I've been outed. um, And and the thing is, yeah, it can have science and not be science fiction because 2001 is sort of the prototypical sci-fi movie because it's so, I guess, married to the scientific element of... Well, space, right? Well, you, but, you you strip it away, and that's pretty much all it is until you get to the third yeah. act, where it turns metaphysical. I mean, it's, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's basically it's 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 all build up to here's the technology, here's how we got there, and then this is this is what we found out. That's the, kind of the, the one thing though is uh, takes issue with the world around it. I I think it's really interesting because all of the technology and all of the future is clean and medicinal and cold. And so are all the people. And I thought that was, you know, a very jarring statement. It's like, you really want this future. You really want this. This is what you're going to turn into. Yeah. But once, once they have the going into the monolith sequence, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Well, then they (laughs) jump to the, the second part where you've got Hal running the, the ship and he's as cold and analytical as they come, but mm. ultimately Hal is the one that loses his fucking mind. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. I just uh, maybe uh, statement on Kubrick himself being cold and analytical, losing his mind, and making the Laser I, Floyd of Kubrick movies. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah. On that. On that score, maybe it is science fiction. Now I think of it, at least that element. Yeah. with with how but it's a set piece it's not the whole movie yeah it's a tough it's a tough call man it's a yeah. tough call because like uh, ai i think is science fiction and ai is pretty much the question posed with how but 2001 was supposed to be a lot about a lot more yeah well it's better than 2010 at yeah, least i'll give it that much <laughs> woof woof yeah but, uh, i digress there is one good thing about it and it's a young helen mirren and nothing else Oh, she plays a Russian, right? I forgot yep. that. Okay. Yeah. Totally forgot that. Interesting. Yeah. I discovered that in junior high when I started uh, discovering <laughs> girls. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> Helen Mirren from way back, y'all. Yeah. And then uh, when you discovered Excalibur, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. 
And uh, then when with, I discovered the cook, the thief, his wife, her lover, oh, oh, ooh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, but which, she's uh, naked. which, to be fair, neither of those is science fiction. So, nah. No. Um, I did see that you had also chosen Starship Troopers as not sci-fi, and I agree yeah. with that as well. Yeah, again, that's just it's a war yeah. film with science as like uh, a, a set dressing. Yeah, and that's weird. Like Heinlein's weird because he he sometimes nails it perfectly uh and then other times he does stuff like starship troopers which is really just a pan to militarism it's a weird it's yeah i just i it's he's totally uneven so it's hard for me to to read him sometimes that's why i love that verhoven made the movie because he subverted all of that yeah 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 i mean it it does have that verhoven sense of humor which you know at least makes it enjoyable. I like that movie. To be honest, <laughs> it, it's I grown really on me. It's so much it, fun. I didn't and appreciate it as much when it was out, uh, but over time, I've come to like it. They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Yeah, I I knew from the preview I was going to love it. I had written off Paul Verhoeven after Showgirls like, uh oh, he's a dirty old man now. Who gives a fuck? But he <laughs> yeah. has always been just a genius at at intense mindless violence. Yeah, and that's why I love him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I remember the argument that we had coming out of Total Recall because uh, there's the scene where they're chasing Arnold through the the convert, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the the train plane, whatever the concourse yeah. and. Uh, they're shooting at him and like basically collateral damage everywhere. And uh, I remember you being really upset by that, Eric. Like yeah. you took you took major issue with it. And then I was like, eh, it's an accident, whatever, whatever. But uh, I think you did have a point. Uh, Twenty five years later, I, yeah. I I recognize that. So I yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. I like violence when it involves characters I don't like who earn it. Right. Like uh, uh, Michael Ironside getting his, his, see you at the party, when he gets his arms chopped off. <laughs> but yeah. I, I really hate it when you have an innocent character who didn't have it coming and they get all murdered to death, you know, like in a horrible, horrible way. <laughs> yeah. Unless the point is none of us are safe, which I, okay. you know, agree. I mean, okay. you know, life's a you. coin flip. But gotcha. um, yeah. Okay. Boy, we're off the track. Uh, <laughs> Starship Troopers. It's a World War II movie uh, instead of, you know, the World War One movie that is Avatar. Yeah. Because that's just Lawrence of Arabia. Um, and, and Aliens, I don't really think, is science fiction. I don't either. That's basically James Cameron doing uh, a Vietnam redo in space. Yeah. yeah. That's all it's, it is. It's a fun action movie. But oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It is and, maybe the best action movie. I, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's, I would even say it's superior to the, to the part one, Alien. Absolutely. Which was yeah. science fiction, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, I mean, it's, it's a monster in the closet movie, but, but yeah, it's, it's basically, hey, well, don't yeah. just well, go out there and, you know, evil corporate. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. I, well I think what, what works in Alien in the favor of Alien is that they made it look so lived in because Eric was talking about 2001 and it was really antiseptic and clean and bright and shiny, uh, which you know is total bullshit. And so then you get Alien and it basically this is grungy, dirty, dark, just uncomfortable thing in yeah. space that you're <laughs> stuck in. And it creates the claustrophobic feel that you need for the movie in general. But I think it was just a superb call on all fronts 
uh, to present it that way. And I think that's what makes it more sci-fi because they actually bothered to make it look lived in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went for truckers in space, and Alien is by far (laughs) one of the most influential um, designs in science fiction. Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, So it's it's a weird gray area again. Like when when does it shoot over the line and stop becoming sci-fi? Yeah, uh, Yeah, I don't know that the first one does, but the second one. Yeah, I don't think the second one really counts. Yeah, I it's almost just think a none of them action movie. I almost think none of them after the first one do because yeah, I I mean I don't know you, you you can make arguments for the latest couple they've done with Michael Fassbender, but that's 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 all just more Star Trekiness. They're really fulfilling canon, you yeah. know. It's not uh, it's not a question uh, of science anymore. No, okay. it's falling it's falling victim to the internet thing of like everything must be explained. Yeah. And, <laughs> Exactly. No, it really should. Because that's entertaining. Mm. <laughs> well, but that's uh, fun when you when, <laughs> when they explain the stuff. Yeah. Well, uh. if you notice that it through the course, specifically from the science fiction movies, uh, where they really were second tier for a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, but they came out guns and blazing back in the silent era. You had like Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Uh, mm-hmm. which is an amazing movie to look at. And then somehow it all got sort of waylaid into the dustbin, and it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of tripe and junk. And then you start seeing stuff like 2001 and then uh, other stuff. And then suddenly it's like, wait, this is this is an actual genre. There's a crowd out there, so we can actually do some interesting stuff. And that's where you get things like the Blade Runner and, and whatnot. Uh, what the 50s sci-fi is particularly great because they weren't allowed to say things about communism or yeah. mm. you know or 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 you know use adult subjects and 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 say things like corporations may not be great maybe this this stuff we're doing in the name of ending communism is you know evil but let's yeah. just make it monsters and then yeah. they can make the same point yeah so it's but again at, at the sort of taking issue with the world around it Mm-hmm. Like uh, the day the Earth stood still, I love that movie, the original, and I think it's got a lot to say about where we were as a country uh, at that particular time, early mid fifties. And it's it, every time I watch it, I'm just enthralled by it, and I just yeah. I, I can't really explain why because I that's not my decade. I'm way before my time, but it still seems relevant to a lot of the the weird deal that uh, we do with foreign policy and stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. it just rings true. And I think that's where good science fiction sort of rises to the top, is that it, it can kind of take a stand, but then it's it's so universal that it pretty much parlays over generations. Yeah, that film is almost subversive in the way yeah. that it, it, it says, you know, you, you people don't deserve to live. So you've got me questioning my choice of the good sci-fi thing now, because Uh-oh. it's too on the nose. Okay. But black mirror is for my money like they're doing a great job of taking where things are and extrapolating forward just like a couple years like five years and and saying humans are shit and here's how they're going to ruin this this thing over i'm so glad i'm so glad you brought this up i really am because I've got so much to say about Black Mirror, and I'm probably the only one who has something bad to say about it. But it's basically, in my opinion, every Black Mirror is 
you know the old guy who's always like, you know, you, you, you don't need that modern technology when I was your age. Vividly boo. You know, that mm-hmm. that guy. <laughs> Every Dark Mirror episode is, no, don't, don't, don't develop AI. Here's how that's going to be awful. No, don't develop social media. Here's that's how it's going to be awful. It's like, it's nothing but screaming at the wind about how horrible technology is. <laughs> see, and what I see it as is Charlie Brooker is pointing at you, the audience, and saying, I hate you. I hate you, and I hate you, and I hate everything about you. And I don't see how you don't love that show, Eric. Uh, no, I love the show. I just, I question, maybe it's science fiction, but it's a bit one-sided, is all I'm saying. You know, it's yeah. like, how is there not one episode where the world improves as a result of this you know particular there is there's exactly one and it's the san unipero and the world only improves by getting the people the fuck off of it oh Um. good (laughs) that's yeah that's 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 maybe a future topic at some point but i would just like to say i'm i'm working on a uh, um a, a a a coffee table book called 200 reasons not to have children and I want to list out the 200 best reasons. And one of them is there's too many fucking people. And like one great science fiction movie is, uh, well, that's, that's a good question if this is science fiction or not. But uh, I think Children of Men is sci-fi. Soylent Green. Ooh, Soylent Green's made of people. Yeah. Now, wait and a minute. I wasn't, I wasn't done asking the question, though. Is Black okay. Mirror oh, science fiction? And if so, is it good hmm. science fiction? Well, it's science that that drives the story, and it is taking definitely taking issue with the world around it. Um, I think it, it's not I think fantasy. It qualifies, but it's not like doing an allegory. Yeah. No, my my comment about how it's always negative on the science that was not saying it's not science fiction. That was just my problem with the show generally. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I th- I think you're right. It's it is science fiction. Because science yeah. is always driving the story, and it's always a commentary. I think it sounds like Black Mirror follows the glassy definition. You don't know what it is, but you know it when you see it. That seems yeah. like, if you're watching Black Mirror, you just kind of know in the back of your head, yeah, this is science fiction, and I'm really uncomfortable, and apparently the creator hates me. So, But I you. think that, that, yeah, you bring up a good point about Charlie Brooker not liking people, because it's like, here's another form of technology that will allow you to be an even bigger asshole. It's like every episode. Yeah. Here's why you're shit. Yeah. Yeah. Every every episode. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So you were trying to go to Soylent Green. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if that's... Because the science there is not developed technology. The science is biology running out of food because we have too many people. Well, I think, but it's still sort of approaching it from somewhat of a scientific... Yeah. View, yeah, that's, because that's it's how do you how, how do you control uh, starvation and, and pestilence on the planet? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you you repurpose the dead people uh, and, so, and so that everybody can why live. The f- and why don't why don't we stop breeding? Why don't we we finally tell people it, you're you're not, it's not a virtue anymore. It's not a good thing. It's it's a defiantly selfish thing if you like go make more kids. Yeah. Well, that's like, and then and then the the opposite of Sonic Green then uh, is Children of Men, which basically takes that tax. Like, basically, people have just stopped breeding altogether, so the human race is going to die out. And yeah. then the world that that has 
created is very strange to watch. It's like you're literally looking at every single person now going, uh, you got about 40 years left, and then boom. You know what uh, I, I mean? Remember, I remember you telling me about this movie and going, so basically people like swear in public and like see any fucking movie they want and <laughs> they yeah they sell like tobacco products without taking your id it sounds great yeah I nobody's mean. getting carded in children of men that's true <laughs> point taken they, uh, they, they, they just show porno on 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 commercial tv because why not who's who's yeah. what who, who's gonna see it yeah <laughs> Uh, well, a- another one that I wanted to bring up just because we haven't yet, uh, and it- it's another one that has sort of grown on me over time, uh, is The Matrix. I- I've liked it more as time has passed. Not the, the sequels, but like the actual oh, no. a- original. Uh, it just, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why it, it still works for me, but it, it does. Yeah. No, the original is, is brilliant. Absolutely. Don't go classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it took attack on something that nobody had th- thought to do before. Or, or, or if they tried doing it, they did it like um, Dark City. They did it wrong. They did it in a way that didn't work. This, this was such an original approach, and it was so tight. I mean, the story yeah. was... It wasted no time. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it really sort of builds on stuff like uh what gibson did or what stevenson did with snow crash it's sort of these virtual environments uh but it totally turns it on its head because it's not like ready player one where it's like a fun oh hey we're having a great time it's it literally is like this is your world and if you if you're not in the virtual world you are you are fucked it's like oh that's just that's a downer man that's a fucking downer (laughs) Uh, it was the movie that popularized the notion that humans uh behave like a parasite and that's true i've i've uh i've really wanted to sort of state the parasitic manifesto which is if we could all just accept that we are humans and we are in fact parasites then that leaves us with exactly three options for the future we either (laughs) kill the host and die with it in which case let's party yeah. We find a new host, we don't go travel to other planets, or we figure out how to stop being parasites. I'm not sure I care. I just want us to pick one and stop arguing mm. about it. Well, I'm all for uh, Plague of Locusts. Uh, you know, <laughs> I want to be on the spearhead of that one, just because you'll get the most food. Let's just die with the host. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck I it. Think, yeah, I think the part of the solution is, and I know this is way off topic, but is for us to realize that uh, uh, personality and 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 uniqueness is a myth that, that we are you know that we we think of things in terms of who we are and like what we want we're not really here and when we die no one will notice including us mm. it's like we are cells in a larger machine called humanity and i think if all of us are sort of geared towards destruction we know how this is going to end so who cares you know, and and nature will just come up with another machine. Could I buy some pot from you? Suddenly, so what you're telling me is that one atom in my fingernail 
is an entirely different universe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just thought one day about that thing of, well, if you, if you cut off your finger, you know, does, do you stop being you? No. So no. then if you lose your whole body when you die, do you stop being you? And I was like, well, that's a good question. How much of you can you lose before you stop being you? And then I realized all the stuff that makes up your brain doesn't make up you. You're kind of a side effect. We're not really Man, here. Is what we I'm are all the ship say. of Theseus, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Uh, maybe this is all somebody's dream. We don't know. Yeah. Podcasts, everybody. They're entertaining. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, not this one. <laughs> well, I got, I got one more to throw out at you, because it's been on TV again lately, and uh, I kind of enjoy it as well. Uh, have you ever watched Edge of Tomorrow? I feel like I have, and I can't remember it. I what wanted it? to, and I never got around it. That's the Tom Cruise it's one, the t- right? It's the Tom oh, Cruise one, where it's yes, like Groundhog yes. Day, where he relives yes. that same day over and over, oh, and then becomes... All You, you Need have, is Kill was the yeah. original title. Yes. So, so you have seen it? Yes. Okay. You get to watch it, Tom Cruise die over and over yeah. again. Well, to me, every time I see it, it, I totally think of you, Brian, because it's, it's the perfect video game adaptation movie yes, without having an actual video game because it's yeah. just basically oh i got to get to the next level got to get to the next level and then get to the boss it's perfect it's perfect yeah uh, he's just grinding it out and getting killed yeah. it's like dark souls in movie form yeah yeah but uh but the what i like about it is the way that that they sort of piece it together and so you're you're just totally on for the ride from the get-go and it is just like Groundhog Day, where you get used to the repetition and, until <laughs> you get to the next level. Um, and it's got, you know, aliens and whatever, but I think it does take a lot of uh, issue with how people are conditioned through things like video games now to sort of get through to the task, you know, push the button, get the cheese, go through the maze, and then get the reward. That's exactly what it's like to to me when I watch that movie now, but they gussy it up with all the fun action. It's, it's, it's a just, metaphor for being a salesperson. You gotta get, <laughs> no, no, basically. no, 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 on your way to your yes. Yeah. You right? ask 99 women on the street if they'll fuck you, you probably get slapped in the face 99 times with that 100th one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. My dad so, said that to me, but without the uh, accent. The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it would have been better if it had the accent when he told you. Yeah. I think so. It would have been much more entertaining, much less creepy. Okay. Well, Eric. So, Eric. So, if you haven't watched Edge of Tomorrow, you should you should find it and mm-hmm. uh, watch it and let us know what you think because it's fun. Okay. Yeah. I will check you, that I, out. It's a good one. Yeah. And they're making Very another under- one. They're making a sequel. Yeah. Finally, because it's a little bit underrated. Uh, didn't quite get the the notice. But there you so go. what what since we're coming up on the end here, we've kind of just crossed the hour mark. Real quick, then, what is your favorite for being science fiction? Science fiction. Hmm. Okay. While you're thinking about it, hmm. uh, <laughs> my my all time favorite science fiction for being science fiction is H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, the actual book. Because okay. before that, no one had really bothered to think about displacing yourself in time and not space in right. you know a big way to make people think about it. And it was fun to watch him explain how we're going to destroy ourselves with our fast living and jazz music. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I just love that. I love... 
I think every film they make of it, I think that's such a great take on time travel. And I don't know. I'm a sucker for time travel. Okay. It's it's not. The problem is there isn't any hard science that backs up that time travel can happen. But yeah, sure. Well, well, that's why you should you should totally see time crimes at some point because that's the closest I've found in a time travel movie where they actually sort of address the pseudoscience behind it and then yeah. how everything can go totally wrong through the ripple effect. Uh, that's that, a time. Oh, that's that's no. very time What's, cop. No, no. It's, What's that movie? Um, oh shit! The the it yeah, was you, a more recent one. Yeah, we they, talked about we talked about these in our uh, our time travel show uh, a while back. But yeah, yeah. yeah but what uh, was the name of that movie? Because oh it Christ, be I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Someone's gonna have to do a googly search. Suddenly, I'm broken on this. Which uh, wait, wait. Describe. You've lost me. What are you wait looking for? The the time travel movie where the 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 guys basically aren't sure if they're intersecting with their own timeline or if they're in another the, timeline. The movie made by the guy who made Upstream Color before that. Yeah. Oh fuck! I don't no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> uh, but. It'll come to us. I think. I think for me, I'm going to stick with with Matrix. Honestly, yeah. uh, for my my favorite, just because I still am not sick of it, and I'll literally just plop down and watch it if it comes on. Uh, I you don't, I you don't were really always a sucker for the allegory of the cave too, and this is really a great that's, sort of yeah, retelling that, of that. That's true. I remember sitting in class and we went over Plato and we got to allegory of the cave, and uh, I literally just. I went into my own mind for like uh, two days and I couldn't concentrate. I'm like, that's whoa, whoa. I mean, it's just, it's stupid, but yeah. So I guess yeah. that, that, that does meet that goal. I, yeah. I or, or the, the time you told me about how you were in, uh, um, uh, it's a small world and you saw a vent in the sky. Oh yeah. That, that totally took me right out of it. You're in one that's of these. I sent you that picture that, uh, I'm going to, oh, okay. On the podcast. Yeah. Eric sends me a picture of a like a, an astronaut walking towards a rocket on a launch pad and then up in the sky is this giant vent with a cat head poking through. Yeah, this is <laughs> going to be the totally, image for this week's show. Yeah, it totally <laughs> takes you right out of it. It's the, it's funny. The time travel movie is called Primer, by the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah I still haven't have seen it. That. Is, it is a dense-ass movie, and as I understand it, you need to watch it like six times to understand it. But Who's anyway. got the time? Who's Nobody. got the time? <laughs> Get right, it because it's choice, a time travel movie. I mean, oh, irony. I, this my choice might be a cop out, and I kind of gave it away with my with my good science. But certain episodes of the original Twilight Zone is going to be where I'm going to mm-hmm. land. Okay. Oh yeah, no, very strong word, word. Pretty much anything by Rod Serling, but, but like name some. Um, see, now you're going to mess me up. Um. Oh. <laughs> I have a much stronger memory of the 80s yeah. Twilight Zone than the... Than he the didn't come I that was. fully prepared, Eric. I sure didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was Way to put him on the spot. <laughs> Perhaps you could tell us about yeah, your favorite like, season two episode, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to just leave it right at Twilight Zone. That's, that's Yeah. It's yeah. encompassing enough. Uh, yeah. I do want to bring this up because this is something that struck me, and we can go through this real quick before we end up, but I just wanted to know... If these count, uh, so I'm going to throw some titles at you and just see. Oh, because number oh, one, uh, sorry, I yeah. have my Twilight Zone episode. Um, okay, the one, the one where uh, the couple is in the house and they're being tormented, 
and it turns out that they're just in like a dollhouse and some alien kids how toy Ooh, uh, yeah okay. you anyway. know, can i just say what the twilight zone i've been thinking of the most lately is uh the one uh wish it into the cornfield tommy that one with the, the kid who is telekinetic yeah. and can make anything happen and he's basically holding all the adults hostage and, oh, and it's built near it's- the end where Harvey Corman has pissed off the kid and he's yelling to the other adults, quick, while he's concentrating on me, one of you hit him in the back of the head. We have to kill him. We're never going to be free if we don't kill him. And every time Donald Trump comes up in the news, I think of that moment. Like someone needs to walk up behind him. Like, you know, am I the only sane one left? Quick, before he realizes what you're doing. Whack him with a shovel. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, Okay. All right. I got you. Well, okay, so these are ones that I was on the fence with, so I'm just curious as to what you think. Uh, number one, does Buckaroo Banzai count as a science fiction? Oh. No. So that's where I was... Too, it's got too many things going on. You, yeah. can't, you can't extrapolate it, from reality. I think it's, it's kind of like a... F- yeah. I can't remember how it would have taken issue with the world around it. Uh, and that's just it. a goofy... It, yeah. Well, I mean, the movie itself is like an onion. You got to watch it just a jillion times to even get half the stuff that's going on. And uh, I think it's more of a commentary on on movies. Yeah. So that was sort of my leaning, but I just wanted to see if you guys uh, had an opinion on it. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, does Planet of the Apes count? Because that's more allegory in my mind. Mm. Mm. I think it might. The first one. I, once yeah, you get yeah, much no. beyond it, no. And we're talking about uh, yeah. the Charlton Heston first one. Yeah, because if you yeah. read the book, the book is totally different from the, what the the movie turned out to be. I mean, you actually get monkey astronauts uh, going to the other world and the whole thing, and it's a much more of a social commentary. So the book by Pierre Boulet is uh, very much sci-fi, but I'm on the fence with the the Rod Serling movie. I think the first one is because all of the stuff happens because of. Science. I mean, there is a, a, a kernel of yeah. science that, that kicks off the story. Okay. It's about, you know, how we're, you know, well, it's, it's an anti-nuclear war story. It's, it's also it anti-racism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a shoes on the other foot now, isn't it? It's yeah. very, very pro-evolution as well. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. There. And then... Uh, and then the fly, that was another one that I was sort of, uh, not the Vincent Price one, because that one's just goofy. But the, uh, uh, what's, but the, the, what's the comment on, on our lives in the fly? Uh, I mean, it just don't let your obsession mm. get the best of you. I don't know. It's a weird. Mm, no, I don't Because it's it almost. Vomit? Uh, well but it it sort of becomes more like a beauty and the beast kind of parable it's not that's where you kind of and they gussy it up with all of the telepod stuff but i don't know if it's really science fiction no it's It's got the trappings movie but it's not science fiction yeah 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 it's this monster movie definitely yeah uh and then lastly uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Mm -hmm. tough right that is rough yeah see because it's got, it's got pretty much all of the stuff that we've been talking about, but yet, not the movie because that just sucked great 
big balls yeah, in its mouth. Yeah, but even even <laughs> the books like eat their own tail and shit the bed by the time you get to like the third book. Yeah, agreed. And that was sort of why I was thinking, mm, I'm not I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Yeah. But I just I, I just wanted know. to throw it out there. We don't have to answer it cuz that's the beauty of science fiction. You don't have to you, answer dick. You bastard. You started this 30 years ago, and now you're doing it to me again. I'm going to have to sit here and go, I don't fucking know. Thanks again for listening to the Magnificently Huge podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're listening to this right now, you must have, because this is at the end, so you listen to the whole thing. You can't say you didn't like it. That's like eating your entire meal and then complaining to the manager that it wasn't cooked right. So if you're listening to this now, please share it with some people you know. I mean, we're not making any money off of this. We're not running any ads. We just want to get the word out and get some discussion going and have some fun. We're at MagHuge on Twitter magnificently huge podcast on facebook at any rate i'm eric that was brian and chris and we look forward to talking to you again next week